This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. This is another one of those episodes with those unsung heroes, the surrogate's partner. And in this case, it's Loz who supported his partner, Susan, for their first surrogacy journey. And now they're planning the second surrogacy journey for another uh, pair of intended parents. I really like uh, Loz's honesty and uh, passion for surrogacy, which is something we don't often hear from surrogate partners. I'm going to hand over now to Loz. My name's Loz. I'm uh, a male uh, surrogate partner in Brisbane. That's lovely. So tell me, Loz, how did you come to surrogacy? I didn't actually come to it. It was more Sue's, um, Susan, my wife. She was um, wanting to be an egg donor for quite a while and uh, would have had our children and all three are 18 and above to have left the nest and don't uh, live even into, you know, they're all interstate, don't live with us any longer. And uh, she wanted to donate her eggs, but was told she was too old. So uh, being my wife and the very determined person she was, she decided she would look into uh, another way of helping people. So she actually, she probably researched the surrogacy side before she approached me, but she came to me and said, this is what I want to do. And I said, well, let's look into it. Great. So tell me, when she first approached you with the idea of being a surrogate, what was your first thoughts about that? Well, look, I actually really didn't know much about surrogacy at all because I just, we as a couple had no trouble getting pregnant. And most of my family members, I come from an Italian background and have a lot of you know, cousins and I'm the eldest of three. It didn't really occur to me that, you know, people really had trouble having you know children i knew of ivf and all those sort of and adoption but i hadn't really heard much about surrogacy so when Suze came to me and said let's uh let's look into this i was you know i I thought it would be a really nice gesture to be able to help some people you know have have what we had had Suze had no trouble getting pregnant and we had done our whole three babies and uh, doing the family thing. And we'd actually started quite young. So I know that Sue's had feelings of that her child rearing days went over and I just said, yeah, let's do it. That's great. And, and how did you go about finding intended parents? Well, Sue's had joined um, a couple of Facebook surrogacy groups and she's still on a few of those at the moment. Uh, basically, she put it out there that she wanted <clears throat> to be a surrogate and uh, she was bombarded pretty much you know, overnight. You know, all night her phone was going off with some messages and um, you know, people you know, IMing her and, and the whole lot. And so I sort of left it to her to sort of, after the introductions of herself and you know, a little bit of background to sort of weed it out and, and get a shortlist, I guess you would call it. I guess that was the main thing that, you know, she had an idea of who she wanted to try and help have a child whittled down the um the many 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 applicants and uh went from there Mm. did it feel like a bit of a perhaps like a a recruitment process like a job interview process for you i i think and i've heard other other surrogates and ips say it's you know it's a bit like that but it's also like dating and the whole lot and i guess the process down the track is more like dating but it, it was a little bit of you know, a bit of weeding out and, and it was a bit like an application process. I, I have to admit, I didn't actually spend much time on that side of it. I, I trust my wife impeccably and she knew 
what she roughly wanted is in terms of who she wanted to help. And when she came to me <coughs> with uh, the short list, it was okay. Let's have a look at these three. Mm. And, she and actually how, had a. <coughs> sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask. Um, so, how did she pick the the final um, intended parents that you settled on? So she had a short list of three people, and the, she had been. So after her initial, you know, putting it out there on Facebook, she. She got people's stories and people were messaging her and emailing her and she compiled her top three. I don't want to call it top three because it, it seems like, you know, people that weren't as worthy. It's, it's a hard way to put it. But the three that she thought she resonated with the most, she printed out the stories of each three uh, from me and my son and sent the others to our other two kids. Said, read all of these. Who do you think? Give me an order of one, two and three. And uh, serendipity or fate stepped in. We all chose uh, the same people. Oh, wow. But that's quite an interesting yeah. way of doing it. That's, so what were your adult children's perspectives on, on the idea of their mum being a surrogate? I think most, all, all three were receptive. Uh, my daughter in particular was, she was both worried but also excited. Uh, she lives in Canberra. And she knows, I mean, she was trepidatious about it all but she was also you know excited about what what, what what we could give someone she actually works in childcare, so she she lives in canberra and she's in a childcare center and the kids love her her name's abby they call her miss abby and she has you know not so she she was probably the most receptive to it our youngest um he was oh okay well this is pretty cool. And our eldest who was over in WA was like, okay, that's all pretty good. Let's go for this. And, you know, I, I think their, their input was valuable. I don't know if they had said, no, let's not do this if we wouldn't have done it. Um, but it was great to have them on board. Mm. You know, it, it was good. And, and the choosing process, they sort of all, I mean, I guess that felt like they had a hand in you know, selecting who, who they thought out of the three you know, candidates, if you want to call them that, uh, would would suit us, and yeah, it's just uh, kismet, fate. We, we chose all the same person. Mm. When did you first meet the intended parents in person? Uh, it was late two thousand and sixteen. You know, we um, we had a we had a short list of uh, two that we were going to meet out of the three, and uh, I mean, we met at a coffee club, which seems to be the place to go for a lot of uh, our meetings with you know the IPs and, and in both journeys that we're you know, doing and are doing and um, met them and we thought that you know, we got along really well and uh, we were going to meet some other IPs the next day but we just we just knew we walked away and went these guys are they're you know they're nice people they're very deservant and that was it we told them the next day great so tell me about the journey how did it all go well, as far as pregnancies go, it was, you know, Sue's was obviously been through three pregnancies previous. It was a little bit rougher in terms of, um, well, yeah, the, the journey was pretty cool over the whole lot, you know. The, I mean, the counselling, all the, all the meetings and getting together, it's all just part of what you have to do to, to get to the final end result. And that was interesting. I mean, it was, I didn't realise there was so much going to be involved, I guess. I mean... 
if I had my time again, I would have probably researched it a little bit more. Would have changed my mind at all about doing it because I, I still think it was quite a a worthy a worthy thing to do. But I would have probably, as a uh, as a bit of advice to you know, partners of surrogates, maybe look into it yourself. Just do a bit of research, join some of the forums, and and just have a read of what actually goes on because it's you know, it's a lot of a lot of running around doing things and supporting and yeah i actually enjoyed a lot of the process you know uh, a lot of people say the counseling part where you have to answer the 300 odd questions and all of that is a chore but i i quite enjoyed it it was um, i wasn't fun i guess but i breezed through it and um, you know i wasn't told i was clinically mad or anything like that which was a, a plus and quite a surprise to a few family members i guess we um transferred and everything went well you know one shot um our ips only had two embryos if i am correct and uh so first go was was successful wow but you said that was yeah so the pregnancy was a bit rougher on your partner yes due to the it had been you know 17 18 years between drinks so to say between you know susan uh from connor our youngest to uh, birth of Sarabub. So it was you know, obviously uh, advanced, uh, well, yeah, a young, younger, older age and the, the gap in between. Plus there was a lot more, you know, obviously drugs taken in order to make the embryo stick and they really played around, um, you know, with Susan's, both hormones and uh, her body. Uh, taking needles was not one of her joyous moments. I'm, I'm, I'm a diabetic, I take needles, so I was given the task of doing them. I did one and she just went, no, you're not touching me again, that's it. (laughs) You're too rough, Uh, you know, so she would be taking quite large needles that would scare a horse off, I think. And So all all of that side of it was totally different to any of our other pregnancies. Mm. Um, In terms of sickness, I mean, you know, I tend to have glossed over things, but I think that she, yeah, she was probably a little bit more sick in a lot of ways. There was a few instances that didn't happen during normal, our normal pregnancies. Um, but it wasn't, like you hear some horror stories of people being bedridden for months uh, or, you know, not being able to work and, you know, morning sickness that just totally wipes them out for, for, you know, the day and the whole lot. And we luckily didn't, incur- you know, didn't encounter any of that. But it was still, you know, it was a smooth pregnancy in terms of nothing really went wrong mm. or any yeah, emergencies that I can really recall. There were a few late night trips uh, to the hospital just to check blood pressures and you know, uh, a few things like that, but nothing that really, in my mind, affected the whole pregnancy. And how was your relationship with your intended parents during the pregnancy? Were they able to offer some in-kind support for you and everyone in the family? Yes. The, the, the IPs, they offered the support where they needed to. Um, there was, you know, they, they lived actually fairly close. You know, you hear stories of IPs being interstate um, and, you, re, you know, they were, they were supportive when they needed to. And they, look, don't get me wrong, they attended every every meeting that they had to. And we went out and, you know, we did dinners and had meetings. And and it, it was great. It was, it was a friendship that you know, we thought would, uh, you know, 
would be continuing on. Um, you know, their support was, you know, to I guess to the T where needed as well as uh, extra. Uh, Sue's had a period where she was bedridden for two weeks, and um, that that was hard on her because she she's a fairly strong woman, and the drugs that she was on during that time as well to keep her fairly calm and you know almost sedated in bed was was were pretty pretty racking, um, and uh, you know unfortunately we didn't see our IPs once during that period. They didn't come over and visit or. Or even come and say hi, which was a little, which was disappointing. Mm. Yeah, they, they provided, you know, financial support, and um, we had a cleaner come in months. But generally, we would, Suze would have just preferred her to, yeah, a knock on the door saying, "Hey, I'm here. What can I do?" Or you know, do you want a back rub? Or just, just let's just chill. Mm. So, yeah. And how did the birth and the the few weeks after the birth go? So the birth was, uh, seemed a little bit rougher. The, the pain, because Suze was induced because of her uh, age, the, seems like the, well, the contractions came on a lot stronger, a lot earlier, and they were, you know, the build-up. And uh, pretty much it, it went through, like most births that I've remembered with our <laughs> other, other three kids, it was, you know, what a, wasn't much yelling or screaming. There was, you know, usual pantings and pushings and there were really no real complications. Uh, you hear of, you know, surrogates having to go to, you know, have seizures and C-sections and, and all of that. It, it, you know, Susan's a trooper. She uh, had a epidural towards the, the back half of it all and it happened pretty quick after that. Uh, sorry, Bob came pretty quickly and, you know, he was healthy and all normal and, uh, you know, that went quite well in terms of an actual birth. Now, usually we talk about the surrogates feeling, I guess, the surrogacy high, having given a baby yep. to somebody and how amazing that is. What was that like for you as the partner that you didn't have to do the pushing and panting, but you got to see <laughs> the result of your relationship with your intended parents and everything you'd worked towards? Uh, well, it was, um, there was pride. There was also a uh, you know, sense of achievement for all of us. And I, I th it was, the high is definitely there, you know. I mean, you, you, it's a as as the uh, you know partner of a surrogate, it's, it's it's a much different high than if you're having your own children, you know. Because I mean, even surrogate knows out from the outset that it's not your, you know, it's not going to be your baby, and so it, it is. It's going to be different, but it almost felt like us having a child, but there was no real. Well, now we have to look after this you know, bundle of joy. And so I guess in terms of the hive, it was great when everyone's, you know, we've set out and achieved this, this human being. And for me, at least it was, this is great. Yeah, we don't actually have to you know, look after him in the true sense of the word. I mean, we would if we had to, but, you know, it, it was a little bit of relief there, I have to say. And, you know, I was immensely proud of my wife and, I mean, you, you know, you have the love for, you know, believe it or not, I had a bit of love for Sorrow Bub. He's, you know, I felt a bit of that. I was quite emotional when I cried and, I mean, everyone cried and it was a really nice thing to happen. That's lovely. So yeah. how old is Sorrow Bub now? Uh, he will be two in November. So he's, you know, roughly one and a half at the moment. Okay. And what have the last 18 months been like? 
Well, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him before his first birthday since you know probably September October last year, <clears throat> which has been it's interesting. There's you know, a lot of background bits going on that you know uh, two strong strong headed families who didn't see eye to eye on a few communications, and I think it's sort of gone a bit pear shaped from there. And it's sad because you know I. Sue's actually says I miss him a fair bit and there were times where I felt like I needed cuddles and it was cool and we would go over and I would get my cuddle fix and for Sue's it was always the same sort of thing and I think it's a lot harder on her not actually seeing him and there are moments where she'll just she'll break down and she just she can't explain why and she just has this loss of not, not because she's lost a, a child or had to give away. She just can't explain it. I think it's a, a bit of a yearning, you know, because uh, they, they grow this, you know, grow a baby for that long, and it's it's going to be part of their, you know, their makeup for the rest of their lives. And I think surrogates need to, you know, need to know that after they've done this, it, it's just it's not the end, obviously, and and they call it the fourth trimester and it's even past that, you know, I think there is a need for, you know, both you know, the surrogate, but also the partner like myself to, you know, be involved in it. And uh, the fact that we don't get to do that for various reasons, you know, it, it's, it's a bit sad. I, I'm the type of guy that just sort of, okay, you know, this is where we're at sort of compart, you know, mentalize and, and just move on and do whatever I have to do next. Um, Sue's, you know, she likes to look back at things and and play them and you know what could, maybe what could have been. I also think that you know there's a lot of journeys that are out there on the forums and in on the internet. So people, you know, they tend to comp- not just Sue's, but they tend to compare their journeys with everyone else's. And you know, the saying is everyone's journey is unique, mm. which I fi- which I find is 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 very true. And uh, yeah, it didn't end up exactly how Suze or I wanted to wanted it to be. What and did you, had you been able to go back and do it again? What would you do differently, and what were your expectations about the ongoing relationship? I think if we went back to do um, previous one again, and actually that journey has helped us with the one we're we're currently on now is that we would, both Suze and I would, you know, speak our mind and and articulate what we would like as opposed to just assuming it would happen. Or if we had articulated it, we would stand up and make sure that we, you know, got what we wanted. I know that may sound a bit rough because it's not about everyone just getting something out of it. Well, it is, but it's not, you know, um, if I can use an example, we really wanted to, uh, a birth photographer and you know you see a lot of surrogate journeys with the birth photographers and they're beautiful in the moment uh, I ended up being the birth photographer so I had the, the the pleasure of you know being the photographer as well as being the support for you know for Suze but also for the IPs you know because uh, you know um, the IM, she had already had a child you know, for a previous relationship and due to health issues, couldn't have any more. Uh, her new partner, he wanted to have children. And uh, so it was a little bit, 
I think daunting for both of them being in the birthing room. And so I, <laughs> I felt like I was holding all these different balls and juggling and, and taking photos. So I, I think that that was one disappointment for us. And I think we would just, you know, speak our mind a little bit more and be a bit more assertive. Mm. And so for, for the partner of a surrogate, I think it's important that you support your partner um, as much as possible. And, and I will admit there were times that I probably didn't speak out as much as I should have. Um, I'm, I'm my type of personality is I hate conflict and I like to please everyone as possible. But I think if uh, I hate to call it sides, if you have to take a side, it definitely should be on, on your partners, you know? So we would probably speak up more and I don't think there'd be much we would do differently. I don't think we would have chosen different IPs. Um, I still think they were deserved of having a child. Um, and I don't think how it's ended up anyone would have really foreseen because uh, like dating, I guess we were all saying what we all wanted to hear and I didn't get the feeling that, you know, things would go a bit south, but you know, I guess it has, and we're going to we'll use that whole experience for our next journey. So tell me about the next journey. What was it that brought you both back to doing it again? Well, pretty much even before the first birth, we had bantered the idea of doing this again for the same, uh, same couple, you know, because they had a second embryo. The first one was successful. Why not, you know, if this one works out well, we could see ourselves doing this again for you guys. And Susan's always been a, a great mum and she always thought that her, you know, child, childbearing days were you know, not done. And I thought it'd be nice to, you know, I don't say we'll go, you know, after this one again, but at least give it another go. And the idea was initially before the birth uh, to give these these IPs a sibling for the up and coming one, and so that's where we sort of left it with that. Then um, after Sarabab was born, and uh, Sue's had met another couple through the forum and a catch up, and uh, really got along well with them, and we started talking about the possibility of doing it for this couple and decided we would, uh, why not? Let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Much to the surprise of a lot of my family and, uh, you know, work colleagues and friends and, but you know, the people that mattered, which were, you know, our kids and, you know, me and Suze, we, we, you know, the first one didn't scare us off, you know, if anything, uh, the new, uh, intended parents, uh, they're wonderful people. Um, they have a much different story than our initial uh, first journey. And, uh, yeah, I, we would love to give them, you know, their little baby boy or girl. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So having been through it once and now doing it again, do you have any advice for, well, for anyone, but particularly for partners of surrogates and how they can best support the the surrogate, but also to try and have a positive journey for everyone? Uh, Communication is key, not just between couples, but, you know, between your partner. You know, I 
you know, Susan and I talk a lot about lots of various things, but I have to say I probably didn't ask her uh, in pertinent times how she was feeling emotionally. You know, physically, I could see how she was and I could respond to, you know, her, her physical needs, you know, if she was sick or she needed, you know, you know, a tea or a cup of coffee or, you know, a hold a hair back while she was vomiting, you know, or the physical side I had down pat, but I have to say I probably let her down a little bit emotionally. Um, maybe due to the fact I, you know, I was dealing with emotions I hadn't actually felt before because, you know, here was my wife pregnant, but I didn't actually realise how I would feel. And and so it's an interesting one for the partner because you will feel, you know, you'll feel love and you'll feel, uh, you know, sometimes a bit of anger, but, you know, this, I don't know. I didn't actually feel anger really. <laughs> Take that out. It was more just a, well, this is not my baby and here's my wife feeling like complete poo. You know, this is, it's unfair. You know, and, you know, we're doing this and, you know, you know, my advice would be just talk with your partner, be there both emotionally and physically. I actually think the emotional side is probably a lot more important than the, the physical side, uh, both before and after is really, yeah, really important. Uh, communication between the couples is obviously paramount. Uh, don't, don't rush into it. I don't think we rushed too much, but you know, it was like, Ooh, here we go. We found some really nice people. Let's give them a baby. And that, you know, I, we might have, I don't think we would have chosen different, but maybe things were a bit slower in the initial dating stage. If you want to invert a comma, we would have probably just taken a little bit more time. But yeah, I, I guess my main thing would be support, you know, and, and being there and just understanding uh, the whole process. Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about surrogacy, you can have a look at my website at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram, and you can listen to more podcasts on the website or on Apple Podcasts.